Welcome to the Mind Over Matter podcast with Heather Hakes, where mindset is everything. Thank you for joining me and tuning into this podcast. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe and share this episode with your friends. This podcast is here to open your awareness. I want to provide you with tactical teachings on how to master your mindset, create your ideal reality, overcome obstacles, and leverage adversity. And most importantly, it's to help you realize that you are in total control of your reality. My hope? To inspire and motivate you to keep going, and no matter what, it's all about mind over matter. Be sure to check out my website, heatherhakes.com, for freebies and other learning opportunities. Without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Welcome to episode number 233. I've been jonesing to get my hands on some quantum physics 101, and that's exactly what we dive into in today's episode. Welcome to today's interview. I actually have brought back Jason Prasad. Jason, welcome. Thank you very much. Happy to be back. This topic, I re, um, I'm so glad we connected on quantum physics because it's something I'm super interested in, I'm fascinated by, but I don't know a ton about, and that's what I want you to share with today. But before we dive into that, please share with us a little background, where you live and what do you do? All right. So I live in Toronto. I mean, I travel a lot right now in Canada, in the States and in the Caribbean doing what I do. I have an alternative medicine practice uh, focusing specifically on something called biofeedback. So biofeedback basically is where we can use technology to get information from the biology to give myself, the practitioner, insights as to how to help a client um, on their journey in terms of accomplishing health in whatever relation that may be, right? Whether it's chronic pain, whether it's disease um, or chronic disease, whether it's an autoimmune condition, IBS, whatever the case may be. Um, This also plays into performance, right? Whether someone is trying to be a high performer, whether it comes to business or an athlete, we're, we're using technology and these biofeedback mechanisms to give us more information about how their body's functioning and what's needed to get someone better. Um, and, and so, yeah, that's pretty much what I do. Like, I like to specif- uh, specifically work in the chronic disease realm because those are the people that fall through the cracks of the Western medical system in terms of how to get better. You know, we know that medication does not improve someone's health. All it does is stop them from dying essentially. That's the role of medication. It's because their physiology is not functioning properly because of damage they've done. And they are now in a position where they are dependent on medication. And outside of that, there's no way for them to move beyond that in the current medical system or or healthcare system. What we look to do now is once someone is stable on that medication is try to figure out how do they get here And what do we need to do or teach them to try and reverse some of the damage they've done within a means? You know, sometimes we get to a point where there's things we can't undo, but a lot of people who are in a chronic disease state want to learn how to better take care of their health. And that's where I bring the quantum physics methodology into all of this. And not to get too deep into that, because I think that's a whole nother subject. And I don't know if listeners or have you seen the HEAL documentary on Netflix? Yes, I have. And it really applies um, into what we're doing. You know, it's very interesting to see more and more of this type of medicine come out. And the thing is, it's been around like, you know, in the 70s, there were doctors using psychedelics in a medical practice to help clients overcome their disease. This is documented research. The problem is, is that it's not it's not um, 
it's not publicized anymore, you know, because of the propaganda and with it being said to be, you know, a drug, right? Things like plant medicines and other things like that being put in the drug category, but we're seeing changes like the state of Oregon now eliciting mushrooms and, um, and uh, ayahuasca as healing plants that are now legal. We see um, mental health institutions now studying um, MDMA and um, LSD and mushrooms and other psychedelics as a form of medicine instead of using narcotic type drugs to help repattern brainwaves and neural networks in someone's brain. So we're seeing this come about more and more. Um, and, you know, I really bring the quantum physics into it because it, it just speculates that there, the body is not only biology, but also energy. And the subatomic particles that we talk about in quantum physics apply to our biology and it isn't this like fluffy um woohoo land so to speak you know it's becoming more and more accepted as modern day knowledge that the body is what i like to call a petri dish right biology microbiology with emotions and we have to address both aspects well, and I think Dr. Joe Dispenza is really helping this to become more yeah. mainstream and the power of your mind. And I do believe a lot of Western med is just a Band-Aid. It's just like, here, oh, you have a headache, take some Tylenol. But it's like, if, if you really go deep to understand chronic pain and diseases you talk about, like they're, they're mm-hmm. underlying issues. Totally. There, there's so many layers. I mean, it gets pretty convoluted when you start to look into <laughs> yeah. it, to be honest. Um, but I mean, there is, there is supposedly, supposedly no actual pain receptors in the body, right? The, the pain is a byproduct of the mind, so mm. to speak. And this can be said because someone can go through a meditation and all of a sudden their pain is better. So how does that work, right? It, what is meditation? How can meditation affect someone's brainwaves? But we know that the brain can control the entire body and the mind, the mind is is separate of the brain because you can't find the mind within the brain. And that's what Dispenza talks about. He talks about the fact that there's no part of the brain that's specifically the mind. The mind product, the mind is merely a byproduct of our collective thoughts and experiences, right? And meditation is working on specifically that. The mind, the mind has now the conscious mind and then the subconscious mind. And a lot of individuals' pain um, is either in the subconscious or unconscious mind. Um, and that's where pain and disease kind of sit. So when people start to process these emotional layers that they've stored in their body, we often find that pain dissipates and goes away um, without any real intervention, you know? Okay, at a very basic level, what is quantum yeah. physics? So, at a, so very basic level. So we need to understand that the medical system is based off of Western medicine, which is um, Newtonian physics, which is basically X equals Y. There, there's like something equals something. It's a law of thermodynamics. It, it's like a constant. Quantum physics says that X has the probability of equaling Y. So an example would be um, in genetics, we have identical twins. Identical twins with ex- the same genetics stipulate that they should be the same based off of their blueprint, right? But we know that is not true because you can have the same genetics and two very different people as, you know, they experience life separately on their own. You know what I mean? So quantum physics basically says that things have the probability of equaling X, but it's not a constant. 
You know, we use the example of um, many plant experience, uh, experiments that were done with emotions. So you can have plants in the same room with the same environment in terms of temperature, light, water, etc. But we could speak emotional intention into each plant differently and see the growth reactions and how they're different. That essentially encapsulates quantum physics. The issue with why um, people don't believe it to be true is that it's such a difficult concept to understand if you don't go in, if you don't get into particle theory and, you know, the quantum mechanics of it all, basically. So that's why it's hard for a lot of people to wrap their head around because it's not like anything we've ever seen or understood in our um, modern society. So what is like the basic concept then without going really, really deep into scientific and, and terminology? Yeah, it's just understanding that, you know, energy has an effect on us. And just because we cannot see, touch or hear it doesn't mean that it's not a- active on our body. Right. We have to understand that the. Um, you know, when we get into like the vital body, which is energy centers of the body, you know, chakra system, they all have a resonating frequency in each chakra. And that's why it's uh, depicted by different colors. But these resonating frequencies can in turn affect the organs of that same area. So, you know, the Western medical system does not agree with that because in Western medicine, the smallest particle is an atom, nothing smaller than an atom. Quantum physics goes smaller than an atom into subatomic particles. So that, in the most simplistic way, is you know, how we can explain it because the medical system stops at the atom as the smallest thing. Quantum physics goes beyond the atom, which is where you can get into subatomic particles and energy and particle theory. And that's why there, there, there's this hard stop when it comes to the Western medical system in regards to this quantum physics alternative medicine model. And is that when we talk about very simply like attracts like or the intentions you put out, the thoughts that you think are what you're going to get back? Essentially, that's where it comes from. And, and that's what I, um, what I just went into with the plant theory, right? It's, it's about intention. It's about, you know, more, of, more than actually your conscious intention. It's really about your heart's attention. You know, this is an interesting thing that I've learned. And, you know, what we know that the heart actually gives us the biggest field in our body, right? So the heart has a field itself. And, you know, the Heart Math Institute and HRV is all based off of that. And what has your heart's attention is what creates your intention. That's how it really works. So when a lot of people have, when, when, like, my heart has its attention to changing the perspective of the medical system, right, the healthcare system, and that in turn plays into my intention, which is to educate practitioners on this model in that basis. And a lot of people think it's just about what your intention is. It's beyond that. What does your heart have attention to? And I learned that from Dr. Cass of Physic Energetics, and that's what he speaks about. And the more and more we get into, um, you know, this heart coherence aspect in quantum physics, we talk about, you know, what does your heart have attention to? What is your heart radiating outwards? And that's where sometimes we can feel that someone's intentions are ill based off of them being just being in front of us. Like, how do we know this? There's no tangible evidence to know this outside of what we are feeling, which is really quantum physics in a nutshell. Okay. Also, you shared, and, and for those watching on YouTube, they can see this a lot better, but um, I want to share this diagram, and we'll explain it as best we can for the podcast listeners, 
But yeah. can we can we talk about these four levels of kind of the, the physical, systemic, vital, and mental body and just explain this? Yeah. So this is a, a model that myself and you know others at Quantum Health kind of came up with. And it's a really good visual to explain how our system works. Now, above the mental body, we have something called the bliss body. And the bliss body really talks about the soul, our archetype. Um, and, and those are fields that we can't really work with right? Like these four here are things that a practitioner can actively work with. Your archetype is almost like a soul imprint. I don't know if you've heard of Carolyn Miss or soul contracts or anything like that, but each soul is essentially given a mission um, and a purpose as to why they're here on earth. And part of us finding ourselves is figuring out what our mission is, right? And that's really what makes us the most happy, but that's a realm that we can't really touch. So these four realms are the things that we can actively work in to improve someone's health um, and bring them into alignment with who they're supposed to be. And most people start at the very bottom. You can see there the physical body. So that's where all the people are focused on how they look, you know, where their abs, you know, I need a, a toned butt. I need, you know, toned arms, blah, 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 right? Most people are in the physical body. And most people that move beyond the physical body are the people that generally have some sort of health condition because the simple things like eating right and working out does not solve their problems. Does that make sense? So at at the bottom, we have fascia, which is, you know, most of us know what fascia is now. It's this lining that covers um, our our muscles. It's like a sheath um, and fascia integrates between organs and muscle tissue and everything like that. Um, then we have biomechanics, basically how you move breathing patterns, right? People can be high chest breathers or diaphragmatic breathers. That is a representation of what's going on with the nervous system. Okay. Movement patterns. So how people move and then obviously, um, localized tissue or joint pain. So a lot of people spend most of their time physio, chiro, gym, nutrition in order to solve the physical body right now. A lot of people are like, you know, if I have a pinch of sugar or I don't work out for a week, all of a sudden everything goes haywire. And that's because, you know, obviously they haven't gone to the root of what's going on because if you've gone to the root of what's going on, you should be able to not work out for a week and you don't go completely backwards. It's like you're trying to drive the system in a certain direction. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Right. So, you know, when we go above that, now we have the systemic body and the systemic body really talks about organs um, and, and organ systems and then the lymphatic system. Now, I'm not sure how much you know about the lymphatic system. Dr. Uh, Perry Nicholson talks about this a lot. But the lymphatic system is really the bridge between the systemic system, being organ systems, and the physical body. And I learned this because when you're working with systemic disease, a lot of people are what we call a green fish tank. And the green fish tank basically says that, you know, within this fish tank, we got fish in there being our organ systems and people can have health issues. So the fish, the organs are not happy, but it's really the environment that the organs are in that aren't happy, right? That's basically how we think, how we live, how we work out, the food we eat, everything like that. Make sense? So on that question, yeah. Since I love that visual of a fish tank and the energy and the environment, how much do our thoughts and beliefs create that vibration, the energy, the environment? Well, this is where we're going to get into that because I'm working upstream, right? So based on the image. So so what we need to understand 
before we get into the headspace aspect of it, is that we are a meat soup, right? We are a petri dish. We are microbiology. We're organs. We we are this meat soup that needs to be taken care of. And so, if the fish tank is green because of all this, all the things that we just stated, you know, we have to try to clean the fish tank. So, if I dump the water out, clean the aquarium, put the water back in, and I don't change the filter, what happens? It goes green again. So a lot of people have a clogged up filter system, which really is liver, gallbladder, um, lymphatic system. You can argue that the colon is a part of that as well. Um, basically, these are all the ways that the body detoxes the system. So a lot of women, you know, when they're on their period, have some sort of physical pain, which basically states that, you know, there's an organ causing physical problems right? If anyone has eaten pizza, you know, and they're intolerant to say tomatoes and cheese, then all of a sudden they'll have low back issues the next day because their colon is yelling at them. You know, the amount of people that have skin problems and they do lymphatic drainage and all of a sudden their skin issues, whether it's acne, eczema, psoriasis actually improves, tells you that an organ issue is causing these things. We have to understand that organs are important in relation to um, biomechanics. Now, on top of that, we go into the energy centers of the body. So we can see on the right hand side there for those watching, we can see that it says, I understand, I see, I speak, I love, I do, I feel, I am. And these are all basically statements that correlate to different energy centers or chakras of the body. But every single energy center in the body has a correlating organ underneath of it. So the one I like to talk about the most is um, the throat chakra. I speak. And most people know that someone with a thyroid issue is generally, um, you know, some middle-aged woman, uh, whether it's a nurse, a mom, a teacher, generally women have more of these issues than men do. And it's because they're doing more than the body wants them to do. So not only is their body being like, hey, you need to slow down because you're not giving us what we need, but they also don't speak their truth. They're often more of a yes person than they are a no person right? They take on more than they can handle. So their, their root is a communication issue, right? Which shows up in the throat chakra, which correlates to them being a thyroid problem, which in turn tells me that that person's going to have some sort of neck trap headache kind of pain because it correlates to that area of the body. Now, going into what you just spoke about being the subconscious mind, we then now go a route above that. So the question is, why does this person say yes more than they say no, right? Why are they doing things beyond the capacity that they have, right? So that's why the body's showing, shutting them down. So subconsciously, it could be because they don't think they're good enough. So they want to say yes to prove their worth. They can be because of, of a mom or dad issue, right? That's very common. A lot of our issues come from childhood because the subconscious mind is formed by the someone is 12. So if they never really go into the subconscious mind, then they're not actually, you know, understanding who they are and why they are where they are. So the conscious mind, just to give everyone who, who doesn't have this visual understanding, is the conscious mind is about 5% of our capacity, of our brain capacity. 95% of our brain capacity is the subconscious mind. So the conscious mind really is short-term memory analysis, thoughts, and plans. The, the subconscious mind is really where you get into long-term memory, emotions and feelings, habits and patterns. This is really where, you know, someone is programmed from. We have to understand that, you know, if you're 30 and 35, 
you know, you are making decisions based off of things that you learned when you were a kid from what mom and dad taught you from the environment you grew up in, from the, you know, social context or religious beliefs that you grew up in. Like a lot of people live their entire life with ideologies they learned when they were a child, unless someone has experienced life experiences to change that when they got older. Well, isn't the whole point that most people function from the conscious mind or... Yeah, most, most people do folks, uh, function from the conscious mind, which is why they may be stuck um, chasing their tails, so to speak, and why they keep running into the same patterns because they don't understand how they got into that pattern in the first place. So one pattern I can explain is I grew up in a uh, West Indian household. Um, for anyone who is West Indian or from the Caribbean, you know, it could be a bit chaotic and hectic in terms of, you know, basically need to be a lawyer or doctor if to be worth anything. And so there was a lot of yelling and um, yeah, basically there was a lot of yelling in my household when I was younger and it, it creates chaos. Essentially, essentially, I lived and grew up in chaos. And so what happened is as I reached my teen years and early 20s, any time that life was like peaceful or quiet, I would recreate chaos. I would get into trouble. I would, um, you know, do something in a relationship. I would just do things in my world to create chaos because that's where I felt normal. And I I was seeking to understand why I continued to do that. So that's when I started to become an entrepreneur in my early 20s. And I used work as a way to stay busy to keep me out of trouble. But it's not about, that's just another avoidance strategy. The key was to, especially now, now is a testament because during COVID, you know, you can't do all the work you want to do. You can't travel like you want to. So you're stuck to, to be by yourself. And it's like, are you going to fall back into the old pattern of recreating chaos? Or can you be content and happy with peace and quiet, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, since you brought up COVID or, or any future pandemic or anything yes. that we deal with, I yeah. can only imagine having no distractions and nowhere to go, people having to face their shit more or less. Yeah. And Yeah, and that's what's happening. Yeah, but I think it's a huge wake-up call and such a gift. But I think, mm-hmm. so the visual I got when you were explaining that was the, the conscious mind, 5% subconscious, it's that iceberg image that I'm sure most totally. people have seen. Totally. So we're, we're coming from the tip of the iceberg, but not understanding that the habits and the patterns and conditioning are all beneath the surface. So mm-hmm. using quantum physics or however you want to explain that, how do you, number one, become aware? And then number two, tap into beneath the surface to reprogram. Right. So this is where we get into like the energy realm of things. So essentially what I, what I, have built and done is try to find people in that are awesome in their respective field that understand this model, right? We need to have energy workers that understand that the physical body needs to be taken care of outside of energy work. And we need to also find, you know, naturopathic doctors or health coaches or trainers or physios that understand that, Hey, if you have a client with an issue that's not getting better, it's probably not physical. It's probably emotional, um, emotionally driven to begin with. So it's just building that. So, uh, you know, answering your question in terms of how do we go deeper, you know, meditation is one of the easiest ways to get there. And a lot of people do not like meditation because they cannot sit still. And, if you can't sit still, you need to sit still because that is the reason why you can't get where, where you want to. Because, you know, 
anything you have a resistance to, there's something for you to learn. I don't know anyone that has, hasn't accomplished something that was difficult for them where they have not gained a lot out of it. You know, I was a bodybuilder who hated yoga. And I went to do my yoga teacher training. And when I did my yoga teacher training, like the amount of lessons that I learned by completing it was tremendous. And so I live by a statement called persist what you resist. Whatever I have resistance to, I persist that. So meditation is one of the easiest ways. Now, you don't need to sit still and like sing Kumbaya to be a meditation. You know, you can be driving, you can be walking in nature. You know, for a lot of people playing sports, it's a form of meditation because they zone out in terms of like whatever's going on and they're just in their space. Um, the key in meditation is really about understanding what the brain is putting in front of you. So the key of meditation is really observing. So if you sit there in quiet, your brain is going to be like throwing all sorts of shit at you, trying to distract you, right? Mm -hmm. The key is to try and sit down and watch what the brain is putting in front of you because we have this, you know, conscious construct, which is called the ego. And the ego is essentially this suit of armor that we build as an identity. You know what I mean? But we have to understand this all bullshit because none of it is real. <laughs> right. It, it, you know, in the subconscious mind, we are nothing that, that can be framed however we want, right. Into what we call an ego or construct reality. So when you sit there and observe what the ego self is telling you, that's when you can really audit as to how you act during your day. You know, a lot of people are reactionary or emotionally react. The question is, why are they emotionally reacting? Well, that trigger is usually in the subconscious mind, whether they like it or not, we know it's there. You know, a lot of people will, you know, attest to that and, and give you some feedback saying it's all bullshit, but they just want to live in the construct that they have and they're not open to hearing other ways or thoughts or philosophies or anything like that. But for me, meditation is the easiest way. And it's difficult for people to see something that is in what we call the shadows or the closet. Like you can't see it because it's hidden from you. It's your blind spot. And so working with people, whether it's a lifestyle coach or Reiki coach or uh, someone who does Reiki, you know, any sort of practitioner um, or, or coach can help show you things that might be in your blind spot and can give you perspective that you can now take with yourself to help process. You know, maybe it's a coach just saying, Hey, you know, you got really reactive when I mentioned that, like what triggered you, you know, why were you so triggered by that statement? And that in of itself can put someone into a place where they can be like, huh, yeah, why did that trigger me? Cause it really isn't something that I need to be triggered about, <laughs> you know? And that is the type of conversations that we want to have and becoming more open. The problem is, is that in a time like this specifically, when there's so much fear, people are even more reactive than they were before. Well, and I imagine something that may come up for a lot of people is pain in the body. And I've mm -hmm. been taught and learned through, through several different mediums is if you have chronic pain in the body, let's say you have knee pain or foot pain or shoulder pain, sure, maybe get some PT, get, get some meds, but you have to understand there is an underlying, back to that iceberg, there's something yeah. going on in the subconscious that is triggering the pain. And without figuring out the trigger forgiving it releasing it whatever you're just band-aiding right yeah and so this is you know 
that's basically the journey I've been on. I started as a strength and conditioning coach, personal trainer, and then did manual therapy. And now I'm doing this. But if someone's got knee pain, for example, well, we need to check off the list. It's not actually something structural. Great. Off the list. Secondly, we got to make sure it's not biomechanical. Maybe they got bad feet because of bad shoes they've been wearing and they've been sitting for the last 30 years at a desk job. Well, you know, if that's your case, you very well could have a knee problem because of biomechanical deficiencies. But let's say you're doing some physio, you're doing some training, you change your shoes, you're more active, you still got knee pain, and there's nothing showing up on x-rays or MRIs as to why you're in pain. Well, then it's probably either something systemic, organ-related, or it's now, as you said, it's something deeper, probably more emotionally related. So this chart that I went over with you basically is the checklist of like, okay, you know, what's the easiest things to fix before we get to the more complex things, which is obviously our subconscious mind and the emotional being that we are, which is a lot harder for people to process. But once done, get, you know, you're getting way more payback for the work you put in. You know what I mean? Like you can work out and all of a sudden you, your knee is physically feeling better, but that doesn't change your entire life. Realizing that you live in chaos and you're recreating chaos now changes your outlook on your entire life versus just getting rid of some knee pain, <laughs> you know? So it's just perspective yeah. in that regard. And so if, if people are listening or watching this and realizing, wow, back to the fish take it example, because I'm so visual. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If I have green water, if I have chaos, constant drama, a reality that I don't really want to be in, mm-hmm. what do you do to, to flip the switch, to, to make the changes? Where do you begin? You got to begin by um, getting some help. You know, I, to be very honest, you have to have someone who can guide you on this journey. Like, you know, it's all about getting help. You can totally try to do it on your own and educate yourself and do it on your own. It's just going to take longer. And a lot of people, once they hit that roadblock, they have no idea how to get around the roadblock. It's like, you know, if someone's working with me and they're frustrated and stuck, I'm like, Hey, there's a shortcut, you know, right over here under this like hedge. Right. And they're like, oh, that wasn't so bad. It's so much easier because that person who's a green fish tank is in knee pain, lives in chaos. They're like, where do I start? It's so overwhelming. And this is where I built out that image that we went over because that is where I like to start. So it's like, okay, are you moving enough? What shit are you putting in your system? Are you drinking clean water? Are you pooping properly? And are you sleeping? (laughs) You know, Let's just take care of the meat suit of a human being that we are. Because if you're not sleeping properly, aka waking up rested, if you're not pooping properly, and a lot of people who are in chronic pain or have a chronic disease are not, and if you're not hydrated, and being hydrated doesn't mean drinking water. Being hydrated means that you are absorbing the water that you are drinking, okay? Because a lot of people drink water and it runs right through them. So if you're not doing those three, th- those three things effectively, you don't have the capacity to be healthy and happy as a human being. But once you solve those three things, then we can go into, okay, now we got to make sure your lymphatic system, your colon, your gallbladder and liver are functioning properly. Once we do that, then all of a sudden we can go into the energy work and the emotional work, which is much harder to work with than like, take these remedies, eat this way. You got to move, you know, that becomes secondary. So it's like, you know, teaching you how to drive. It's like, oh my God, how do we drive a car? I got to hire help to teach me. And there's so much going on at the same time. But now look at us. We can drive. We can have a conversation. We can eat. We can do all sorts of shit we're not supposed to do while driving. Well, 
driving the car is like, okay, I got to teach you how to sleep. I got to teach you how to eat food that's right for you. I got to teach you the remedies that you need for yourself. I got to teach you how to manage, manage your detox systems. And once you're driving the car, once all of that is managed, then we can start to work on the chaos and, and the anger or the fear that you have going on in your world and the things we need to do in order to remedy that. It may be having a conversation with mom or dad. It may be you know, changing your living situation. It may be re- you reevaluating um, your partner or friends that you have in your world, you know, it may be, it may be your workplace, the job, the occupation you've taken, like, you know, this can vary few and far in between based off of like how you've lived your life, you know? Well, and I, I just believe the biggest takeaway is to understand there is a much bigger picture than just the parts and the pieces that make the whole. Right. And right. It's, it's about understanding how they all integrate together and yeah. not just separating them like we like we like to do i don't want to separate you know the physical from the systemic from the vital from the mental which is what we do in the western medical system we have physios and chiros and then we have systemic people such as um, dietitians and naturopathic doctors and then you go into you know the medical and we have gastroenterology and then we have endocrinology and then we have um gynecology like we everything is separated and nobody knows how anything works a knee expert has no idea how the foot works and a foot expert has no idea how the knee works and i'm like those are the two closest joints how do you not know how your neighboring joint works you know what i mean it doesn't make sense well and so for some somebody new to this or now understanding holy shit there are so many pieces to the pie without it being overwhelming is there some sort of key takeaway that you you can give listeners so they know where to begin key takeaway is auditing that that's the best thing you can do the best thing you can do is audit your day and i know the whole journaling concept has probably been beat to a dead horse at this point in time Um, but the thing is like what are you journaling you know it's not just like I am grateful for these three things. Like being grateful is totally important and, you know, very effective for a lot of people in terms of changing how they view the world. But at the same time, it's about auditing, like, where did I mess up today? You know, where did I mess up and how do I change it? You know, if you don't acknowledge that you messed up and you were reactive, then you're really just saying like, you know, it doesn't matter. And I'm grateful for X, Y, Z. You know, I could have yelled at my mom today, but I'm grateful for having a mom. Like, yeah, that's fantastic. But why did you yell at your mom? You know, what triggered you to yell at her or be reactive in that component? What got you to a point where you were so emotional that you could not stop your reaction? That's that's basically what he is. Like many people react instead of responding. So I teach my clients to audit their day based off of their reactivity. Because your reactivity is what is where you're operating from a subconscious perspective and not a conscious perspective. Because if it's conscious, you can choose your response, right? If you're reactive, you are now in a subconscious pattern because you don't have choice over what you're saying. How many people say shit and then I'm like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Right. Because the conscious mind just kicked in and like, you're a dumbass. Like, why did you say that? Right. So we have to understand that. You know, it's really, you know, being responding and being conscious or being reactive and being subconscious. And if we react and we operate from the subconscious mind, we need to understand or try to understand why we did that and how we got here. So once clients do this exercise, they can come to me and be like, hey, 
Like these are the points that I'm noticing that I'm being reactive around and I need to try to understand why and, and, and really raise my emotional intelligence as to why I'm acting the way I am. Okay. So, so I would say auditing. Auditing is the, is the thing that I would say that people need to do. I want to ask if this is a fair, because I, I like bullet points or I want to take away, I want, you know, yeah. action. Is it fair to say it's more of a three-parter to be aware to acknowledge and then audit? Totally. That, okay. That's great. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I like that. That's a good three-part st- sequence. Yeah, it, it's really about that. You know, the problem is people are not always aware first. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes they're aware last. So audit may be their first thing because all they're going to do is kind of sit down at the end of the day and whether it's the meditation that they do in terms of their audit, whether it's, you know, just sitting down in a quiet space and like reminiscing on their day and what happened, because, you know, I'm sure for you and I, there's so much that happens in a day, like, you know, to go through it all is insane. Right. And so it's really about, I find really auditing the key pieces of what you want to change and as we audit that then we can start to become aware of the changes we need to make so yeah but good three-part sequence i like that okay you can you can write that down yeah i love this okay so to wrap up the interview then i have a couple three questions you may have been asked before but it could have changed Mm -hmm. since last interview what is a quote or motto that you live by persist what you resist that's my favorite okay yeah, that's something I teach my that's something I teach my clients um, and, and colleagues. You know, I, I'm I'm really trying to get practitioners to be the healers they need to be, and if they don't push through their own resistance to things, then how can they be that example for clients? You know, you know, we talked about the bullshit meter and in, in our heart um, field, like we we can just sense these things, and so we will do what we feel is respective of what that person is doing. So yeah, persist what you resist. 100% agree. What is a book you're currently reading or highly recommend? The Quantum Doctor by Amit Goswami. I don't, if I don't have it on my bookshelf right now. But yes, The Quantum Doctor, Amit, A-M-I-T, Goswami, I believe it's G-O-S-W-A-M-I. Um, and that really goes in, he's actually a quantum physicist, and he goes into quantum physics in correlation to health. Um, and he's one of my professors at Quantum University where I'm currently studying my doctorate. Um, and, and that's a book that I'm just about finishing reading for the second time uh, because, you know, every time you read a book, you have some different perspectives and you get different information out of it. Seriously, I 100% uh, when I read books, I didn't used to do this, but now I highlight. Yeah. And when I reread, I have new highlights. So I agree. Go yeah. back. You just, you see the information totally differently based off of your, you know, new life experiences and perspectives that we learned. Final question for you, based on what you know today, using yeah. quantum physics, what would you tell your younger self? Ooh, <laughs> funny. So I was, um, I was enrolled in the Czech Institute when I was 20. I'm now 27. Um, and when I was 20, I was exposed to all of this and it went right over my head. Um, And because back then I was a bodybuilder at 20 years old, I was a bodybuilder. So when I was told that organs correlate to energy centers of the body, like that didn't really mean anything to me because I was high performance. So I'm like, I'm perfect. I'm great. There's nothing wrong with me. Uh, You know, my own ego just like brought that up. So I would probably tell myself to, you know, 
pay more attention to the subatomic particles and the subatomic world and the energy and how it correlates to um, physical health. I think that's what I would tell myself. I like that. Yeah. Phenomenal note to end on. Jason, thank you so much for joining me again and, and sharing this phenomenal information. Thank you very much for having me. Always a pleasure to be here. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. To connect with me even further, follow me on Instagram at heather.hakes. You can find me on YouTube to get even more information and video content. And my website, heatherhakes.com. I'll catch you on the next episode.